Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Man, Jesus' words this morning were sure comforting. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for the hallmark rendition of that story. The temple was this amazing place. By all historical accounts, the temple was this magnificent place that no matter where you were as you were walking up to Jerusalem, it would catch your breath. I don't know if you've had those moments where something just catches your breath. Right? I think about maybe the birth of my children and that moment of just like, wow. This is amazing. Maybe it's when you've seen like, like one of the, 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 the grand natures of this world, like, like seeing the, the Grand Canyon, and you just go, holy cow. You know, I've talked about before, one of those places for me was um, on our honeymoon. My wife made us go to the top of Mount Haleakalai at three in the morning, and, and I was grumbling the whole time. But when I saw the sunrise, I just couldn't, I said, God, there's got to be a God out there. If there's something this beautiful, this amazing, surely there is a God. Think about also some of those things in my mind, those memories, those anchors to, um, to things in my life, right? Those, those, those warm memories that you always kind of go back to, those things that when the moment that it happens or the moment you think about it, you're just transported back to a child, maybe. And one of the dangers in faith oftentimes is those sentimentalities that we often use as our anchor rather than Jesus as our anchor. That Jesus is the place that we encounter God, not in the sentimental memories. Those are glimpses into something that's deeper, but they are not the thing itself. See, for the Israelites, the temple was the place where they encountered God, that they knew that they could go there, and God was present there. In 70 AD, the Romans came and attacked Jerusalem. They ransacked and they destroyed the temple. They destroyed the place where heaven and earth met, the place where you could go and you knew that you could encounter God. And what is it that you do when that which you have known and held on to is suddenly taken away? What happens when the structures that have um, held up our faith are destroyed? What then holds your faith? And the reality is, is for some of us is we have to reimagine or rethink what it is that holds up our faith in the moment that the things that we hold on to most dearly are taken away.
You know, I can remember one of the first times in which I really questioned whether there was a God or not. You know, kind of one of these crises of faith. I don't know if you have ever had a crisis of faith, but, but I can remember that first crisis of faith and the panic that it put into my heart about what happens if there's not a God. What happens if all of these things that I had assumed to be true are suddenly not true? And it was not a comforting feeling. I, I think I get a little bit of a glimpse into what the disciples must have, must have felt like when Jesus is walking them by the temple, this amazing structure where heaven and earth meet. And Jesus says, see this thing that is so grand and so amazing. One day it will be gone and be destroyed. They must have thought Jesus was out of his mind. What do you mean? This is the most amazing structure we have ever seen. How could it ever be destroyed? Those of us who are Oklahomans kind of have an insight into this feeling when those of us who were here when the Murrah building was blown up. Most of us have remembered 9-11 and seeing the Twin Towers, these things that are just amazing structures, and they crumble, and it questions into our heart, what is it that we can trust and rely on? In many ways, deconstruction of the things that we hold on to is some of the most painful experiences of our lives. But oftentimes they are also the birth of something else. We hear a lot in our culture about the nuns, the people who have just walked away from faith, that faith just is meaningless to them and they're going to find meaning elsewhere. And I think for a good number of those people, it's because the faith that they held on to at one time no longer works for them and no longer works for a lot of people and something else is being birthed through that experience of walking away. The walking away part is a painful experience. But something in the rebuilding of it is really pretty amazing. Ruth Burroughs, who's a Carmelite nun whose wisdom I have turned to many times, talks about how this, 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 this constant spiritual journey in which we deconstruct or break down the things that we assume and we rebuild it into something else that is glorious and then we have to start the process all over again. That if we really want to grow spiritually, we need to be willing to challenge the things that we hold on to as the most dear. Right? Not in tearing down Jesus, because Jesus can't be torn down. That's the whole point of today's gospel lesson. Is this temple may be, built, may be destroyed, but they cannot destroy me. No, it's about coming to an even deeper understanding and faith in God. 
deconstruction or, or rethinking what it is that we believe and hold most dear is not an end in of itself. It's not about let's just go take a sledgehammer to everything we've ever thought. Many times it's understanding it in a new way. You know, I think about my own life and my own journey of faith, and, 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 and although my family was not a fundamentalist family, I did go to a fundamentalist school. You know, I, 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 I had drilled into me this one understanding of Scripture, and when I began to rethink that understanding of Scripture, it was really, really painful. But I tell you, I have a deeper love for Scripture today than I did years ago. I have a greater appreciation for its power to tell both truth about myself and to tell the truth about the world than I ever did when I just read it as a fundamentalist. So what is it that has brought us to this point in our culture in which even the notion of having faith is something that we can question? And I think there's three things that have been true of the Christian church for too long in America that we need to question ourselves. One is, is that we became so enamored with numbers. How many baptisms did we have? How many converts of faith? How many people came forward at the altar to give their lives to Jesus did we have last week? And that became the measure of fruit. And so we created a low discipleship environment in which simply just saying, I believe, became the end goal. Whether you actually live the life of faith or not was secondary to whether you have your name written in the book of life, right? So we created a low discipleship culture in which we made the, the entry so low that it didn't really require anything of you in order to be a disciple of Jesus, so one is, is that we might want to think about getting rid of the notions that our success is determined solely upon how many baptisms, how many, you know, um, confirmations we have. I know Bishop's coming next week, and, and there's a part of me in my mind that I'm like, oh, I hope we have enough confirmations. You know, I want to make sure that we beat the church down the street. <laughs> but what if that doesn't capture the full truth? So one thing is, is to raise the notion of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, that it is not simply enough to just say, my name is written into the book of life, that there is something much deeper about a relationship with Jesus. A second thing that has caused this sort of deconstruction of the faith that we're in is a deep distrust of all structures in our life. You go and look at every single poll. What do you think of the church? I don't trust it. What do you think of our government? I don't trust it. What do you think of the courts? I don't trust it. What do you think of schools? I don't trust it. What do you think of unions? I don't trust it. What do you think of, of corporations? I don't trust it. We don't trust anything anymore. We don't trust anything anymore except for ourselves, and I'm not sure that's any better. There's a lot of people 
in this church that I know that are here because their previous places had failed them so miserably. Whether it was a church that looked past the abuse of children too many times that they said, I cannot continue to be in that place, or a church in which so allowed the abuse of, of human beings that they said, I, this doesn't work for me anymore. And the reality is the Episcopal Church isn't perfect. None of institution is. Only Jesus is perfect. But those moral failings have caused us to question whether the religious institution is something we can trust anymore or not. And the church's desire to protect the institution more than those who was entrusted to it is a damning... Um, it's damning for the church. We, we are the fruits of Jesus' work. Not the institution, not this building. We are the fruits of Jesus' love. And the last thing that causes our deconstruction, our, our wondering if this is real or not, is the amount of energy that we give to things outside of the spiritual world. I read one study that says that it estimates that the um, average user, uh, the, the high end of the average user of social media consumes up to 3,000 hours of digital content a year. That's a lot. I mean, I sit there and I think, man, I got a problem. I'm like, you know, it makes me feel good. Well, look, see, Kristen, I don't use my cell phone as much as they do. Look, I'm better than them. <laughs> How much of the digital content do we consume that is something that builds up, something that, 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 that expresses the fruit of the Spirit? How much of it is stuff that just, frankly, wants to make us angry? Or fills us with stuff that's fluff? I mean, the reality is it's the world that the church exists in. We can't just simply snap our fingers and create something else, but what we can do, what we can do in this place is begin to have a feeling that discipleship is something that's important, that committing ourselves to growing and the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ is important. We can be in a place where the institution is less important than the people, and we can be a place where we say, maybe I'm not going to consume as much garbage on social media and fill it with other things. Those of you who have been through one of these places of sort of breaking down what was once your faith and rebuilding it, you can know how beautiful it is to do that. Those of you who are in the midst of it know that you can reach out to me or to Father Justin, or Deacon Judy, or Deacon Bill, and say, I really need to talk to you about this, because I promise you, we've been there too. And if you want to have a deeper prayer life, talk to one of us, say, how is it that I pray? And let us help you and guide you. Amen. Amen.